You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents Fight in Progress. This is Susan Simmons, one of your hosts, along with... Tom. Tom. (laughs) He's been Tom the Bomb. He's been, what did I used to call you? Um, The guy from Chips. Because Tom was one of those motor cops for many years. Once a motor, always a motor. Yeah, killer boots, man, whatever. (laughs) That Um, are in the bathroom now. (laughs) in the traffic bureau. (laughs) And this is episode 84, so I'm told, if our newest producer, Joelle. Morning, Joelle. Good morning. Good morning. We're glad to have you in studio. I'm I'm happy to be here. Keep track of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) At least we have somebody in the room who can count (laughs) above 50. (laughs) That's no fair. He looked it up on his cell phone, I'm sure. That's true. Well, that's that's his generation, honey. Everything's on there. That's true. Everything's on their cell phone. (laughs) I can answer calls and make calls. That's about it. And I don't even think we talked for the last few episodes about we are actually in our podcast studio. The Chris Ferrara podcast studio. Yeah, I don't know. I, we may have mentioned it, but not really talked about it. But it's a big deal. It is, yeah. It's I mean, a we are location for we, us now. Well, <laughs> well, we'll see <laughs> for the next thirteen months. <laughs> <laughs> it's till November twenty three, then we'll let y'all know where we are. We may be out on the street doing this uh, interview That's with right. the people or something. But um, anyway, we're glad to have you back here, and we've got uh, another great guest, actually two with us, and um, Jessica and Brandon who are going to tell us about an amazing foundation. We were talking a little bit, should we say, in our green room, because isn't that what everybody talks about? <laughs> right, the Fox yeah. news and stuff. Well, there's a couch there. There is, so, some chairs, yeah. coffee, food, yeah. food, drinks. Well, I don't know about food. We have Reese's Pieces in the back. We do in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to call that our green room. Um, but we were talking a little bit about um, the Jackson Foundation and how it got started, and we're anxious and anxious for Tom to also hear how all this came about, and hopefully we can uh, come up with some interesting ways that Under the Shield and the Jackson Foundation can work together, because I think this is a, a very worthwhile cause, and it's a very interesting story. A little sad, there may be a few tears in this podcast, but that's okay too. And um, so Jessica, tell us a little bit about you and how this all came about. All right. Um, my name is Jessica Lamphair, and our son, Jackson, um, he was 17 years old, going to Basha High School in Chandler, and he was diagnosed with leukemia. Mm-hmm. And um, we were told that leukemia is no longer a death sentence. We, you know, we just go through this progress. This, they gave us a calendar of different chemos we would go through. Um, he was supposed to go through <coughs> 10 months Um of chemotherapy and then two and a half years of maintenance chemotherapy and that was the plan and so we just hit the ground running and um he was 17 years old yes at the time okay Mm -hmm. and he uh he wasn't able to go to school anymore so we did homebound school um he had some teachers from basha that were amazing and came to the home and um we would go do chemotherapy every week and we just were 
living, going through it. And he was in remission two different times, but his leukemia was really aggressive and it kept coming back. And so they decided they needed to do a bone marrow transplant. Mm -hmm. And so prepping him for that, um, they found a, a match for bone marrow, which was wonderful. And how unusual is it? You were telling me that it wasn't a family member. How unusual is that to find that kind of match and they're not in the family? Is that? Um, we actually really promoted um, at the time bethematch.com. Okay. Um, and they're, I'm actually a member also. And anybody who wants to be on that can sign up and they take, and then you, there's so many more options. So it, it's getting more and more. Um, on that bethematch. Be dot com mm -hmm. is that for any kind of organ donation type yes, thing? Yes, I believe so. Okay. okay. I wonder if that's who Chris Halstead went through. Oh, I don't know. We we probably should find out, but that's a yeah. good thing to promote on here also. Right. You know, so if you're listening and this is something that you'd be interested in, I assume that's a nationwide I believe so. I would, I'm not I really would think familiar. it would be. Um Yeah, one yeah. of our guests a few weeks ago uh was a police officer back east and he donated a kidney. Right. And so, yeah, so and it's called Be a Match. Be the Match. Be the Match. Be the match. Dot dot yeah. com. Okay, good. Um, and so that's how um, they found a, a complete match, which was great. Um, and then in, pro in preparation for bone marrow transplant, um, you have to go through some really, really strong chemotherapies. And so that's when he went into the hospital um, in July of 2019. Mm -hmm. And basically he, they did the first round of chemotherapy that was really strong and within a day his body just started having problems and so they put him in ICU and he was pretty much there for about three months um, just one thing after another that he would battle um, they didn't ever get to the bone marrow transplant we didn't ever make it that far so um, after about three months uh, Jackson passed away um, and backing up a little bit at the beginning, when he was diagnosed, make a wish contacted us and said, um, Jackson has a life threatening illness. So we would like to give him a wish. It, um, and so they met with Jackson and, um, they said, you know, you can have anything you want. You can meet anybody. You can go anywhere you want or you can be something and are the main wishes that they usually do. And they would give him suggestions and he never really could decide. He just said he really wanted something that would last. And um, so they met with him a couple of times. Then going further back down the, to the end of the story that I was telling you, when he was in the hospital, they came back again and they said, um, and at the beginning of that stay to kind of give him something to look forward to, sure. um, which is what Make-A-Wish does. And, Again, he just couldn't come up with something. He just kept saying he wanted something that will last. And then his wish granters came two different times to the hospital. And the second time, um, they came out of his room because we weren't in there with him and told us that he had decided he wanted to create a scholarship for another student at Basha High School to go into law enforcement because that's what he wanted to do. Hmm. Yeah, we were talking about this, and I said, can you imagine how many 17, 18-year-olds do hmm. you know that they're given the opportunity to be something, get something, go somewhere, meet someone. I said, I'm sitting here at 63. I got 
like, can I have five or six of these things? Because I got a list of people I'd yeah. like to meet and some things I want. Well, that goes to show you what kind of character you Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's one of the amazing parts of the story that is right. why the foundation is so important because he was that type person right. to to not just, he wanted to leave a mark and mm. something permanent to help others. He's a care, he was a caregiver. Absolutely. Even at his worst for him. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wonder, was Make-A-Wish a little bit surprised? Because I don't think they would have had that request <laughs> very many times. Right. They were. They said, and they're the ones who told us those four, the typical four um, wishes. And they said, and very rarely do you get the somebody that wants to give. Mm -hmm. And they just said that it's very, very rare that somebody wow. uses their wish to give to something. So now Brandon comes into the picture here. Tell them your story, because this is pretty funny and so typical of yeah. Brandon and others in this industry. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about how you got involved here. I think a, a lot of people are yeah. wondering I, how. I know you, <laughs> so I'm... Exactly. <laughs> What's your take on this? You know, it was it was a kind of a... I think it's a funny story. My chain of command probably didn't at the time, but... Uh, we don't care. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> I mean... Um, I, I don't care. I didn't need uh, you. You know, I'm a I'm a detective with Chandler PD, and back in 2019, I'm you know sitting at my desk working, and uh, one of a lieutenant or something comes by and says, "Hey, you know, you have anything going on in a few hours at two o'clock?" And I was like, "No, you know, whatever." And he, You're supposed to say yes. Well, I'm yeah, very yeah, busy, working. lieutenant. I'm very very busy. <laughs> so but if you need you see? something, <laughs> he's like, "Hey, make a wish is asking for." For help, we're looking for some officers to go to uh, Phoenix Children's, and this this kid's wish is to meet some cops and room, you know, whatever two twenty five, whatever it was, be there at two o'clock. And I'm like, well, it'll get me out of the office early. Yeah. I'm like, I'll leave here, at, mm. you know, twelve forty five. Can't be late. And we don't want to look bad. And so I get there way early, and it was uh, myself and uh, another guy, uh, my squad, and. And you know, we just go straight to the room because we had no other instructions at the time. Just be there. And I said, well, you know, go knock on the door. <laughs> and uh, we go in and, and everybody was, the family was there and everybody was like super welcoming. And hey, and I'm I'm just kind of winging this. I have no other instructions. I'm like, well, this kid wants to meet some cops. Like, <laughs> I'm here. Shaking Superman. <laughs> shaking hands and kissing babies. Right? I'm right. like, you know, so we go in and, and Jackson's there uh, in the hospital bed and, and we just kind of start chatting. And, uh, and it was really great because, you know, even as kind of weird as it was and out of the blue for me to show up, um, Everybody was so welcoming, and, and Jackson just, you know, was talking, and we, we got to chat, and I brought him a challenge coin, and and we kind of hung out. And for probably about an hour, I would say, before uh, a, a lieutenant got there from, from Chandler, and he comes in, and he's got, like, a, a uniform shirt for Jackson and, like, a hat and some other stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, that's, mm -hmm. uh, look at Chandler PD stepping up. That's awesome. You know? and, Until. And so <laughs> – so he comes in and the family's like, well, do you guys mind stepping out so he can get ready? I'm like, well, get ready for what? Like, I thought I thought, I thought, I thought I was the main act. You know? <laughs> There's more to this show than me. Yeah. Little did I know. So we exit the room and the hallway is lined with cops from all over the valley, all over the state. And I quickly realized I was not supposed to come to the room. I was supposed to just be one of the guys lining the hall. And so here I'm thinking like I'm, you know, I'm big shit because I brought a coin and, you know, whatever. And uh, yeah, Phoenix PD brought their helicopters. So hey, they, you know, 
<laughs> show-offs. They bring Jackson out. But you made it personal. I did. And, so. that, and that was special for me. Right. So yeah. they bring him out and uh, around, the, you know, down the hall, around the corner, there's a big, huge window, picture window. And, and there's Phoenix Speedy's helicopter hovering, you know, right at the window. Did they at least have SWAT they, on the runners they, or anything? <laughs> no, they, <laughs> I said, I wondered if it was our, if it was one of our stress coaches right. who is a helicopter pilot yeah. for them. Yeah. Tell him. Yeah. He, he made me look bad. <laughs> I'll tell him. But, uh. Yeah, so it was, it was very cool because they had, uh, you know, there was a, a lieutenant there that had a radio and they were talking back and forth to the pilots and stuff. And it was it was really cool. It really, it did a really good job. So Make-A-Wish really stepped up and I thought that was really awesome. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and you guys, the family didn't even know that was happening. Is that correct? No, we did yeah. not. Yeah, so <laughs> me going to the room was a complete surprise to everybody. <laughs> so, um, and so that's I, really I wonder who was more surprised, <laughs> Jackson or you when you came out of the bed? Of, of, oh, uh, I, I guarantee you it was me. I guarantee it was me. Um, but you know, it's funny because I, I left there that day and, and at the time, my position, the, my assignment in the department, I wasn't really happy. You know, I, my boss was kind of a jerk. I didn't really like my boss. I liked the job, but my chain of command was just... That never happens you know, in law enforcement, ever. I know it's kind of an anomaly. It really but, is. Absolutely. Um, and I left there thinking, man, what an asshole I am, right? Like, I'm like, here I am complaining about, like, going to work. I'm like, this kid would do anything to have right. one yep. day in my shoes doing what I do. Yep. And here I am not happy because my boss is a micromanager, this and that. And yep. this kid literally um, would give anything to do what I do. Sure. And it really put things in perspective for me. Tends to do that. 100%. Right. Yep. And beyond that, I'm like, how cool is this kid? Like, he could have anything he wants. And when I found out what his wish was, I was like, wow. What a badass! That's that's yeah. awesome, right? That's that's so cool that he would put himself last and put other people's needs before his right. own, even knowing probably what the outcome was going to be in his right. life. Right? He, I mean, he, you know, well, and be able to stupid. to be able to do something that he probably wasn't going to do himself, but yeah. knew there would be others who would want to. Right. Yeah. And now he wants to be the one that helps make that happen. Yeah. So. Um, so it was good. And then, you know, obviously COVID hit. And yes. so um, the land fair started the foundation in 2020, right? Was that for late 2019? Uh, 2020. 2020. Yeah. So Make-A-Wish basically provided the, what? How, how did they set this up? They funded the first scholarship and okay. um, it was called, it's called the Jackson Land Fair Humanitarian Scholarship. Hmm. And so we gave that away. Um, and then um, we had told Jackson actually that um, as a family, we would try and continue this scholarship for as long as we could. And at that time, when we were sitting on the bed with Jackson, um, it was just, hey, our family is going to fundraise. And every year, the initial one, I believe, was 6500 the first scholarship. And so we're like, every year, we've got to come up with $6,500, and we're going to do this. Sure. Um, and then after Jackson passed away, um, Jay, his dad and I were just sitting there talking and we we're like, you know, what if this could be something more? What if it could be bigger, you know? And so things kind of just <coughs> fell into place rapidly. And so we created the Jackson Foundation and it's J-A-X-O-N, which is a little bit different spelling. So um, Jackson Foundation and um, we started fundraising and we gave away another scholarship and then we just have kind of grown and and we're really expanding and being able to 
uh, impact more lives and the community. And Did Jackson get to see the first? He did not. Okay. He and did. how did you go about even getting people? How do they go Apply. about yeah, how, for how this? You and you, <clears throat> yeah. So the initial one, um, we, like I said, we didn't have a foundation or anything like that. So um, his siblings and mm-hmm. his dad and I, um, we took applications and they were all from Basha High School. And we read all through. Um, basically, they have to have um, a decent GPA. Um, they have to be going into law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, letters of recommendation. And then they need to write an essay um, about Jackson's three things. And I'll need to put a pin in that for just a second because I'll come back to that. Okay. Um, and then, so all of us, we read all of these applications and we narrowed it down to, I believe, three or four. That Did we you wanted. get a lot? I think we had nine, eight or nine. That's that a lot. first year, yeah. yeah from one from high one school. High school. Yeah, yeah. Right. absolutely. And so we um, went through that and um, then we did virtual interviews because at this time it was okay. right at, you know, right <laughs> after um, COVID started. The world stopped. Yes. Yeah. And so everything was virtual. So we did, um, we did interviews and then narrowed it down and did second interviews. And then we presented... Um, the first scholarship at the Chandler police station with everybody spread apart and masked. <laughs> <laughs> and what is the money? What does it specifically have to be used for? Um, the education. So the students don't get the check. I actually send it straight to the scho- the colleges. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Cause I guess, uh, yeah, out here, I guess everybody in law enforcement has to have a bachelor's. No, no. Uh, I mean, it depends on each department. Okay, because I know in Alabama it, it is hit or miss, but right. So um, it's could, still that way here. Could they use it if it was someone who didn't necessarily want to go to college, but wanted to put themselves, say, through the community college police, um, whatever that's called? It, and we've looked at those programs mm-hmm. as well. And you know, our our big target demographic is really like kids coming out of high school, mm-hmm. you know, so you can't even be a police officer till you're 21. Right. So what are you going to do for those three years? Right. Like, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't go to college. I, I joined the army and I filled that four years with, you know, military experience. Fun times. Yeah. Right, good times. Right. You know, traveled the world and saw exotic places. Absolutely. Uh, Life experience. <laughs> yeah. And so, but you know, we're looking at, you know, kids who are graduating and the, the scholarship is only for, you know, seniors okay. um, getting ready to graduate right. and then o- older than that. And, that's kind of what we're looking for is looking for people who are going to, you know, maybe not go the military route or whatever, but they're going to fill those, that, that gap between high school and right. 21 with some college to prepare themselves for their career. Because you can't even enter the community college program that's the AZ Post equivalent until 21? I think you just have to graduate at 21. Right. So, okay. Yeah, I think because you can go to the police academy at 20, but okay. you just can't graduate right you can't be certified peace officer until you're 21 but i know those community colleges a lot of people put themselves through it not it doesn't have to be an agency correct sponsoring right. it's so, usually not agency sponsored so could the scholarship go to that then yeah okay as long so as it's not a four year it doesn't have to be a four-year program. no as long right. as it's a law enforcement related um, course yeah. nice yeah awesome and so um that's you know that's what we're looking for is, as far as that so if you want to Three things. Yeah, I want to hear about these yeah. three things. Now my curiosity's way up. <laughs> you, you, so, you think you liked them now? You think you liked them now? Let's hear these three <laughs> oh, we just elevated. Awesome. <laughs> um, so 
throughout um, those three, those last three months, um, there were times where um, Jackson was intubated, and I mean, he went in and out of um, so many things. But Jay, his dad, um, had put on the TV a screensaver that just was photos, family photos, Jackson, Jackson and his girlfriend, yes. you know, just life photos. And so whenever we weren't watching something or playing Xbox, all of us, um, those would just scroll. And um, at one point, Jackson was intubated for a few days, um, maybe close to a week or whatever. And that's when Jay had put those up there. And so then he, once he got the intubation taken out, we were actually able to speak to him like, and communicate that way. And it was just Jackson in the room and Jay and I, and we were sitting on the bed talking to him. And Jay said, Jackson, do you know why I put all those photos up there? Because Jay said he knew he why he did. Number one, he wanted Jackson to see life. And there's more than outside of this room right. because he had been there for so long. And he wanted all of the staff and the medical staff to see this isn't Jackson. Like, this is Jackson that has... Because you said he really had never been sick. It wasn't like there no. were things earlier in his life that Correct. indicated this. So Yeah. So Jay had said that to him. He said, do you know why I put those up there? And Jackson said, well, I don't know why you did, but it makes me want another chance at life. Sure. Mm. Sure. And, um, and Jay was like, wow, if you had another chance, what would you do? And it almost like he had been thinking about it because he immediately answered. He said, um, I would care less about what other people think of me. <laughs> I would care more about how I make others feel. And I would live my life to the fullest. Now, there's three things this country needs to hear. Y'all right. write this down. Yeah. Gosh, can we get you up to Congress? <laughs> I think you need to give them a little lecture. Wow. So, yeah, it was pretty incredible. And we just kind of, both of us were like, wow. And Jackson, or Jay did say to him, he said, you know, that's how we should, all should be living our right. lives, you know? Exactly. Absolutely. Well, and it's also what made him want to be a law enforcement officer. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the things we talk about in all the academies and stuff where we teach is that, yeah, most cops are, have ADD or ADHD, poster child right here. Um <laughs> And uh, they're adrenaline junkies, but the most important thing is that they're caregivers. And that was Jackson showing he, right. in quite a few ways, what a caregiver he really was. Mm -hmm. And boy, that's a philosophy that some people haven't learned. Well, you know? you know, like when I was growing up, I think that was like the standard. Like everybody was more, leaned more that way. Sure. Right. Now, man, it's... It, no, it's a... Nobody cares... It's all about me. Yeah. Whatever right. I want, Nobody whatever cares offends about me. other people. Exactly. Other than they may care what they think, you know, especially a lot of the high school kids because sure. all that social media crap that they have to put up with, you know. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a different world. It yes. sure is. Yes. And so that's kind of you kind of interpret those three things in the Yes. For so the, the essay? Es yeah, the essay. the essay that we have everybody write is to be familiar with Jackson's three things. And tell us how you've used them in your life or how you plan to or just, I guess, what your relationship to those things are. Sure. And how do you get the word out about it? And is it still just at the one high school? Um, no. So after that first year and then we created the foundation, um, we decided to expand it. So it went to all of the Chandler Unified School District. Um, and we had a few from other schools as well. Um we want to keep one scholarship um, 
as specific to high school students mm-hmm. um, because that is Jackson's wish and that's what we um, committed to him to continue. Sure. But we've also branched out and we do, I would say, kind of mini scholarships mm-hmm. um, to cadets that are in the program that are going um, into college. And we've, we have five current um, scholarship recipients that we're supporting right now. Nice. Um, three or four of them are cadets. Four of them are cadets. Four, thank you. Um, now, when you say cadet, because that can mean different things <clears throat> around the country. Well, I think they're formerly known as explorers. You know, okay. Like, okay. So I, right. yeah, I think they call them cadets now because the... Right. Politically, whatever, politically correct. correct whatever, right. But yeah. Because explorer is somehow uh, offensive. Well, well, I don't know. Whatever. It has something to do with the... Boy Scouts or something, they were affiliated oh. and something, I don't know, something happened. But yeah, they're, they're cadets now. So. And do all agencies in the Valley have some level of a cadet or explorer? I think most do. most do. I most do. I knew so. Chandler had a really big one. And, yeah. And, yeah, and Tempe has a really big okay. one too. So we're, you know, obviously 2020, the foundation kicked off and then COVID happened. Screwed everything up. <laughs> and so the foundation's biggest you know, uh, fundraising event is, is our golf tournament every year. Mm-hmm. And so in May we host a, a, a big golf tournament and then, and that's really where we kind of make our money mm-hmm. to give out. And mind you, we're a nonprofit. So 100% of, you know, outside of, uh, the money we have to spend for the, for the tournament, sure. um, goes towards these scholarships. And so 2020 was kind of weird. And I wasn't involved with the foundation at that time, but you know, it was weird cause COVID. So there wasn't a luncheon, it wasn't, um, it was kind of, it was just golf and wasn't really much after the fact. And and this last year, our golf tournament was amazing. And we did it in May and um, we had just a ton of giveaways. Glock donated a gun to us nice. just to raffle off. Nice. And um, we had a bunch of big, just uh, auction items. We did a big lunch. Um, it, it was it was great. Good. It was fantastic. And we're going to start doing more events throughout the year. What that looks like, we're not sure yet, but we really want to kind of, be consistent throughout the year and bringing money in and right. more importantly, sending money out. And yeah. that's what we really need is. Uh, you need that money coming in so you can get exactly, more scholarships. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. you know, we're really looking for sponsors, you know, companies who, who you know, want to donate and we have different sponsorship levels for our, our tournament, but even throughout the year, you know, I mean, it's all tax deductible and sure. we're looking for applicants as well. Right. Like, so <laughs> we, we, we need good people to give the money to. Right. And so if there are people listening, say in Yuma, will you ever go statewide on this thing? Or is there really no real limitations on where they are in Arizona to apply for a scholarship? Um, We've talked about going statewide. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that we have even a a time limit. If there was someone in Yuma listening that it wants to apply, I would say go for it. (laughs) And is what is the time of year for applying? How does the timeline work? Um, So as far as the the humanitarian, the Jackson Lamphere Humanitarian Scholarship, um, that we give out in um, May of each year okay. to a senior. Um, so the application process usually, I mean, you can do it anytime, but usually um, January, February is when we start receiving applications. And this is on your website, I assume, instructions yes. on, mm-hmm. and that website is J-A-X-O-N yeah, Foundation. JacksonFoundation.org. Okay. And, you know, uh, what are the visions for growing this? Be I mean, it'll always be centered around something to do with law enforcement, yes. or we're going to get out into other first responder things, or what? Um, I think we we plan to stick with law enforcement. Okay. Um, that's where Jackson's heart was, and sure. so that's kind of the drive for us. Um, 
but we do branch out more than just scholarships. The, the scholarship recipients that we have right now, um, we've connected some of them with mentors, other officers, and, you know, somebody that will keep them involved and, right. mm-hmm. you know, that drive, um, keep them plugged in, I guess. Sure. So mentorship is also and, part of it. And we're fortunate because our the president of the foundation is a Scottsdale lieutenant, Chris Watson. And so he's got a lot of experience. I'm obviously in law enforcement. And between the two of us, um, we've got a lot of connections. So if someone, one of our recipients, you know, has a certain goal, you know, wants to be a canine or whatever, we can we can put those pieces together and put right. those connections together and have them maybe do a ride along with a canine or sure. or some some of that effect. And it really kind of helps the the applicant or the or the recipient of the foundation, you know, solidify, yeah, this is this is the path I want right. to take. Because yeah. it is important. You know, I've I've seen people and Tom, I know you've seen them too that get into this job and they quickly realize this is not, not for me. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm yes. done. And, and there's so, nothing, they look around at all the different, I mean, because there's a lot of different jobs that you can do as an sure. officer. And, sure. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And right. they hate patrol. Right. Well, don't, you might as well go find another job. Right. And, you know, that's one of the things we really want to, we really want to push towards our, our applicants is, you know, we want to make sure that you've done some research and, and you know, we know that there's going to be be recipients that are going to go to college and probably not finish and they're going to sure. change their mind. That happens. Right. But we want to do our due diligence and making sure that these people, these applicants are, are really doing their homework. And this is something they're really passionate and serious about because we want to make sure that that money's going right uh, to a good place. Well, and the departments that require college, isn't it just an associates? So, no. or, or do you have some that actually require yeah. four years? Like Scottsdale, they—I don't know if they still do, but they used to require oh, okay. that you had a four-year degree. I know everything's changing now. Yeah, yeah I know for like Chandler, you don't need a, a degree to to become a police officer, but promotion, the promotion, right. you yeah. know that that stuff's sure. right. required. So, how did the lieutenant get involved with the foundation from Scottsdale? He, um, I think he was just contacted by the Make a Wish people, and that's how. Um, you're talking about Travis Fain. Oh, Chris Watson. Oh, Chris. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, he actually was connected. Um, we had a former president and um, his, I believe, uh, mother connected on LinkedIn and was like, hey, I heard you are working with this foundation. I checked it out. Can you tell me more? And that was the seed. <laughs> so he was not one that was there no. that day no. with Jackson. Um, I want to know a little bit more about that day because I can I can only picture him and you showed me a picture of you with Jackson yeah. that you took during that time you were in the in the room that you weren't supposed to be in. But anyway, we'll we'll try to overlook that. Yeah. Hey, it, it was one of the best things that that, that could have happened. Honestly. Absolutely, yeah. you know. But you're, I can you're just... not like a stickler to the rules, anyways. I mean, you, you like to bend things. At a little. this point in my career, no, Tom, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years ago, right? I, yeah. I, I told the line a little bit better than right. I do now. But, you yeah, know. you need adult supervision there's no question about that um but i can just picture jackson grinning from ear to ear that this had to be quite a day for him or an hour however long and you mentioned um when we were talking um that they had done hooking from a lot of equipment and so how long was he actually able to be around everybody and see all of this going on um i think he was out there maybe an hour i would say an hour and a half at the most Um, they had to unhook him from dialysis and everything. And so, um, and they wheeled him down the hallway as, uh, Brandon explained and everyone was just clapping all the, um, police officers on both sides of the hallway. And, um, 
talking to him later, he was like, it's just so overwhelming. <laughs> that there wasn't a dry up there, there, yeah. but there, there was a lot of people trying to hold tears back. Yeah. The, the allergies were bad up there. Yes. Because <laughs> believe it or not, to anyone listening, these, these guys and gals do have a heart yeah. and can be very sentimental about things it like It may this. be black at some times, yeah. but. <laughs> <laughs> it stops beating every now and then. But, but I can imagine that that was a, a very emotional right. moment for a lot of people up there. It was, it was. And when they got him down into the lobby, when I say down the hall, into the lobby area, um, all of the officers took turns and they just came up and shook his hand. And many of them gave him challenge coins and different gifts. <laughs> Made you look bad, didn't they, Brandon? <laughs> yeah, but you gave him the first the one. First one. Right. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> um, and hindsight, um, listen, talking to um, them after, I guess it was kind of like a competition because um, the DPS brought the Smokey the Bear hat. And, um, Get them trying to show yeah. off. And Jeez. so then Phoenix brought their helicopter. <laughs> we didn't have canines up there? We did not. No. What? That's, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's shocking because nobody got the memo to them apparently because I'm sure... And that would have made all of you look bad. <laughs> Even the helicopter. Yes, always. So now the, the foundation started in 2020, correct? Yes. When did you get involved? So uh, early 2021, um, you know, and Jackson had always been on my mind after that day. And sure. even after he had passed, uh, Jessica and her family came to the Chandler PD and they kind of brought some thank you gifts and thanked everybody who had been involved. And after that, that's the first time I showed Jessica the photo that I had taken with Jackson. And she had never seen it before. In fact, I, nobody had ever seen it uh, but my wife. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not something I was going to give the PD to put on social media right, or anything yeah. like that. Right. Um, that was just for me. Sure. And so I sent it to her, and, and, and that was kind of that. And fast forward to January 2021, she texted me out of the blue. She still had my number. And she's like, hey, we have a golf tournament coming up. Do you, do you want to help? And I said, 100%. Yeah, so do whatever I can. So I worked at on getting donations and sponsors and, and, and really just kind of trying to raise as much money as, as I could for the foundation. Mm -hmm. And the golf tournament went great. We, it, it was awesome. And then after was that. Was it in Chandler? It was, Is that, that where you're at, doing it? At, at Ocotillo Golf Club. Okay. They're at Alma School in Ocotillo. Mm -hmm. And um, after that, after the, the golf tournament, um, they asked me to meet for breakfast and I met them for breakfast and they asked me to be uh, a board member for the foundation. So nice. they brought me on. Yeah. So it's some. Um, to make him sign for life. <laughs> That's what we do it under the shield. <laughs> we get somebody, you don't ever leave. You never leave. <laughs> cut my finger. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's such a, such a big honor to, to be a part Absolutely. of the foundation. Yeah. And it really means a lot to me. So happy to be here. You mentioned Jackson's siblings. How many siblings are there? He has five siblings. Oh, wow. <laughs> and are they all real involved in this? Um, the majority of them are. Yeah. Any, anybody else wanting to be in law enforcement in that group? I don't group? think so. I don't think so. Most of them are older than him. Oh, okay. Um, mm -hmm. And then he has one younger sister that okay. still lives at home. And um, But yeah, everybody's really supportive and involved as much as they can be. Nice. What was the turnout on the golf tournament the first year? The first, the first year, I wasn't there the first year. Um, the first year, um, we had we had sold out. We had 80 golfers. Nice. And um, I think, I believe we made like $12,000, which was outstanding right, for yeah. us, especially Absolutely. in 2020. It was our first one. Um, and then this last one, we had 
144, 144 golfers. Wow. wow. And go ahead. How much did we make? I think it was 20. Like 28,000? Yeah. Think it was wow, that's outstanding. That's, yeah, yeah, that's great. That was awesome. Now, were all the golfers law enforcement or any? It was no, open to anybody it, and everybody? It was open and... to anybody and everybody. And we really we opened the um, registration in February. Yeah, and we sold and, out. And we sold out really quick, which was which was good. Nice. Um, we're learning, obviously, through the process. There's some things we'll, we'll do different next year. But um, sure. 144 golfers, we had some. We had a sponsor from Chicago that's, that sponsored money. Wow. Um, how, did they, how did they find you? You know, just uh, actually a, an old friend of mine from the military that I had – I hadn't seen in 20 years and I was actually in Chicago for, for work. And I just happened to shoot him a text. Hey, I'm in town for like 12 hours. You know, you want to, I, I, I haven't seen you in 20 years. I know you live in Chicago. He came and met and turns out he owned a, a large trucking company in Chicago. And so wow. having no shame, I'm like, Hey bro, I need, I need some money. You seem to be doing well. Let me, let me, let me talk to you about a uh, donation here. And so I, um, I, I really pitched him and, and gave him all the info and gave wow. him, and he actually flew out for the tournament. He, he, yeah, he, wow. it was awesome. Wow. So um, we have that and just a bunch of other sponsors here locally that have really helped out. And so That's we're, good. we're hoping next year's bigger and better. And sure. you know, my vision of the whole thing is just to make it huge. And, you know, like, you know, I, I know everybody has other jobs and this is all right. kind of in our extra time because we all have so much extra time, but sure. Um, my goal is just to bring as much money and, and they can give it out. I'm, my goal is to bring it in. So. Well, you know, and fundraising is difficult it is. Yeah. In, in good years. Yeah. And now we're all kind of competing for the same dollars. And there's, you know, so much of they can't get employees. There's, there's a lot of businesses struggling right. anyway. And so, you know, to be able to do one really big event, because it, it takes a lot. We have done one golf tournament in our time since I've been out here in 10 years and um it, it takes a lot of people and it's a lot of hours and that kind of thing so you know fundraising just isn't something that you just hey next week let's right. do this and um so you know to be have one big event that you do every year and really focus and make that bigger and bigger um is a really smart way to go at it and do you have visions of this going outside of Arizona I, I would love that. I would I do. love I mean, yeah. Sure, sure. Because again, and, and you know, and this is kind of where Under the Shield comes in too, is, you know, you're bringing in our future clients. <laughs> <laughs> job, yeah, job security for us all. <laughs> and, you know, because again, we all know that most agencies are really struggling right now for good people right. who have those values of the three things that Jackson had. And so, and we all understand the importance and significance. Tom and I were teaching in uh, Marana earlier in the week, and um, that was the one of the, you know, we were talking about all of this and the importance and how um, everybody's hurting in this industry for good people. And so, you know, to me, that's what you're promoting. Right. And helping find those good people and exposing them to it. Yeah, you'd think every agency in the valley would be on board with whatever you know however they can help you guys just if they can benefit from good people that, yeah. you know in the future and, and we have gotten some very good support from scottsdale pd and chandler pd they've, they've been very good and, and good. we're, we're going to continue to reach out to other law enforcement partners and see you know what 
what the, they will do for us and stuff like that. And right. obviously when it comes to certain charities and stuff, the department has to kind of be careful right. about you know, who they give money to and stuff like that. And I, I understand that, but sure, um, they've definitely been very good, good. to us. So. And I had mentioned to Brandon a, a few weeks back, you know, we, one of the, um, we're really focusing primarily on two big fundraisers at Under the Shield. One is a softball tournament um, in Chris Farrar's name because that was his thing. I don't think Chris picked up a golf club in his <laughs> life. And if he did, I would love to have been there to have watched yeah. that because that probably didn't go well. He maybe tripped over it and had to go to the hospital. <laughs> or, or he would be one like in the one golf tournament we did, his club would wind up on somebody's roof. Um, we did have that happen a few times. Um and the other one, though, is the putt-putt with the popo that we really want to do. Yeah, it can be a little bit of a fundraiser, but a community builder also. Right. And, you know, it might be interesting to have your applicants even participate yeah. in that um, as as a way of also seeing how they deal with people and kids from all ages and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think it could be a, a good partnership right. here yeah. to put these two groups together for that, and we'll certainly put you in, in uh, touch with Chris Farrar's mother is actually our director of fundraising, Okay, and it's something she's starting to work on now, and so we'll make sure that there's some conversation there with you guys right. That'd that be great. Um, we can all coordinate that together, and uh, so how else do you see that we can help you besides getting the word out about the foundation? I think right now, you know, we're we're kind of 2020 was so weird that I'm I'm counting kind of 2021 20, as kind of our first mm-hmm. real right year full steam ahead sure. and I think the biggest thing for us is just getting our name out there. People we want people to know who we are, what we do, how we can help them, how they can help us. Uh, follow our social media, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Um, we're we're working to, to build those platforms and really um, get our name out there. And that's the biggest thing is right. we need people sure. to, to know who we are. Right. and need exposure. Absolutely. And, and businesses who want to help donate, like, you know, we'll, we'll promote your business in, sure. in any way we can. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll give back to you just as you give to us. Absolutely. And that, I think that's, that's important. Um, but we want to help get the word out also, because it you. is certainly a foundation again, that is keeping us in business um, at Under the Shield because that's kind of the beauty of what we do. We'll never not have first responders. If we do, I, you know, then I'm, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm following. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the first train out of here. <laughs> and, and so I think, you know, that if there's ever a way to that, you know, maybe at some point we would even have um, some of your applicants, you know, if you narrow it down to three. It'd be kind of interesting to get them on these microphones. There you go. <laughs> See how they handle that. At this point, we are open to. Oh, uh, excuse us. Our podcast studio is falling apart there here at the moment. We seem to have a little trouble with lights staying yeah. on the wall. Maybe it's Tom putting them up. Maybe that we need to get somebody else to it. I swear. <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to find good help, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It really is. As you're finding out. Yeah, this, this is why eventually people need to be watching right. our podcast because you never know what's coming down. In At here. least it didn't hit anybody. I mean, no. that's a positive. That is a positive. <laughs> Joelle's over here going, Can I retire now? <laughs> this is more than I bargained. You know, I started with four <laughs> adhesive strips up there. There's probably like a dozen, more than a dozen on there now, and it's still not. 
but the that other one over there's got fine. four up there, and it's holding just <laughs> fine. I, go figure. So I apologize to our guests yeah. <laughs> that our studio is falling in on us. Jeez. <laughs> we'll, we'll get that figured out eventually. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just want to thank you guys because, and, you know, Jessica, having two kids of my own um, who are not children, they're 32 and 35, but, um, you know, as a mother, I, I just, my hat's off to you. I'm not... I'm not right. sure if I had lost my son this recently, much less you've been doing it pretty soon after Jackson passed. Um, I'm not sure that I'd have it in me to do it without a, a complete breakdown every time I talked about yeah. him. <laughs> and so you're, you and your husband and your family are to be commended for this. And the key, you know, one of the things we found after Chris died, um, I think the key in healing and stuff is keeping their memory alive. Right. For sure. And making sure people knew who they were. Well, you're making them part of your everyday life still. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. And it is. It's been, you know, it's been a good uh, place to put your energy. Sure. And, and right. um, it doesn't make it any less sad and it doesn't make us miss him any less. Sure. But it definitely, um, it really does let his legacy live on and to see it um, impact so many people. Sure. Um, Jay and I just went and spoke to all the incoming freshmen at Basha High School nice. and shared Jackson's <laughs> story because those who were in school with him have already graduated, and right. so it's kind of like new. Sure. And we were able to share that story and everything with Jackson. So keeping you know, um, that alive, the student government at Basha asked me that same question, what can we do other than raising money? And I just said, live the three things yes, and right. share them with others. And then yes. it literally changes the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, and it keeps his memory alive. Which and, is also what healing. what he wanted. Yeah. And it was what he wanted. Right. You know, for him, and again, that is absolutely amazing to me that someone his age, <laughs> that that's the direction he went. And Not that we think that all high school kids are bad. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just, no, just a little self-absorbed. <laughs> right. A lot of them and, have that tendency. And a lot of us were probably very self-absorbed yeah. at that age also. Right. But it's just, I, I just think that's amazing to right. be in the situation he was in. Yeah. And even and be thinking of others so passionately. And even knowing what he wanted to do. Right. I, you know, I didn't figure out what I wanted to do until I was like <laughs> 40 years old. Um, but I, I, my hat's off to all of you. And and I'm really glad that you have Brandon and this lieutenant up at Scottsdale on board because yeah. you, you know, when you can get law enforcement to buy in on things like this, you know, what one of the things we have found here at Under the Shield, I mean, they will fight for everything that they can do to bring right. to the table. And that's so important because it is a very specialized industry. You can't have just a doctor, lawyer, accountant, or somebody talk about this and have the same impact that you can have with especially seasoned people like Brandon, guys that have time on the job. Are you finding females applying? Yeah, actually we have uh, all, no, we have no. four of the five are females right now. Wow. Really? Yeah. And do they talk about where they want to work, like agency-wise? or? Um, I know Kira um, plans to be in the FBI. She's down at U of A right now. Okay. Um, I don't know if I know the... I, I don't recall. I know it's it's a broad like it's a broad spectrum. Like the FBI was kind of one of the things that you know because we're thinking locally, right? It's right. city cops stuff yeah. like that. But, right. I didn't know, even that wasn't even thinking that way. But and the FBI awesome. is definitely one of those agencies you have to have a degree to yes. be hired. So yes. 
um, you know, yeah, it's it's kind of a broad spectrum of, of different things. So it's it's good. Sure. And it's good to see that variety of applicants yeah. as well. And, you know, if we can ever help in talking with any of them or, you know, we have resources. I was married to DEA for 20. Um, you know, if they want to know things, I know you're actually in that vein right now to be mm -hmm. able to. Um, but I have friends who are retired female agents with the FBI who would love nothing more than to talk to females who want to do that kind of, lot of well, work. Thank you. And, and these are these are three women that were very involved in everything from HRT and and um, stuff at Quantico, out of Quantico in the academy. Um, but, yeah, anyway, you know, if they somebody comes in and wants to be a motor, <clears throat> well, might. The, the we might. dream job of a police department, <laughs> at least we, a, a city police department. Until I hear them say they're doing it for the boots, and then we go, <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk. My brother was a motorcycle. <laughs> hey, see? You know, they're CDI. everywhere. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. With the boots, it's CDI, isn't it? Uh, you Chicks know, dig it. I was, you know, here's the thing about the boots. I, 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 I was a motor for a minute. I was a motor for three and, years. And then right? you got smart. And you're either built for the boots or you're not. And I will yeah. tell you right now, I am not built for the boots. Do you I know who else isn't? You know, Tom Shirky. Tom Shirky. You well, see those calves he's got? They got to kill like four cows to make oh, those calves. He's got the biggest damn calf. But you ever. have your, your Travis Millers, who right. that guy was probably ever. born in motor boots. Yeah. You know? like, I think I don't he know. was. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah the, I, I just couldn't pull them off. What wasn't my thing. Yeah. I look, I look ridiculous in motor boots. But it was damn fun riding that motorcycle. You know, it? I got paid to ride a motorcycle exactly. for a living. Uh, Children. Yeah. I Telling y'all, it's what it's all about. But, but yeah. Anyway, we can ever help. Right. Please don't hesitate. Yeah. To call us because we would we would love to stay involved and and connected. And I, I don't know why, but it seems like so many foundations and nonprofits see each other as competition. Right. And you know, to us, it, it's all about making sure the resources are out there and the and the things are available. Right. And how do we and, work together? And then we want to promote important things like Absolutely. this. I mean, this is a, an important foundation. You guys. The cause is great. Yes. I mean, you, you're giving to people that want to become police officers, which if we don't have more of these people, at some point, boy, life's going to get really rough for us. Yes, you know? absolutely. Yes. So we're honored to have y'all here today, yeah. take time out to come in and, and be on this crazy podcast. With lights falling. With lights falling. Yeah. <laughs> we should have made them sign a release. We have to be sign releases. <laughs> hey, Joel, make a note of that. We need a medical release and stuff for people. I'm Releasing us like from liability. I'm going to go grab your helmet out of the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> now, that would make for a very interesting visual. Yeah, that's right. See, this is what y'all have to look forward to, audience, in the coming days when we do go live with um, some live streaming of video. You never know what's happening That's in right. here. And you did hear me correctly. There is a motor helmet in the bathroom. Yes, yeah. there is. And motor boots, 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 motor gloves. gloves. everything. Absolutely. Maybe we all need a motor helmet in here. <laughs> I can make that happen. <laughs> I'm sure you can. <laughs> but again, thank you for this. Thank and, you so much for having us. Oh, absolutely. And we'll have you again in the future. Maybe we, we can it. have you on before the next golf yeah, tournament. Right. Do great. some promoting yeah, of that. And obviously... Again, when we're working on the putt putt with the popo, um, which I think is a pretty catchy title, myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And uh, but we want to thank our audience also for supporting us and staying tuned. And again, that's the Jackson J A X O N Foundation dot org. Uh, Joel will have that also in the body of the description. Um, we'll be sharing it on all of our social media. 
as well as bethematch.com. I believe that's correct. Well, we'll look that yeah, up. Yeah, Joel will make sure that's in there also because, again, I do think that's very important yeah. for people. And, you know, my understanding on the bone marrow part of it, it's really just a blood test, isn't it? Uh, yes. Because, you know, you to tell if you're a match. Yes. Yeah, because I think the hard part comes later. Yeah. Yeah. As a donor, it's... But I think I yeah. think people are even afraid of just because you hear, you know, you're thinking, are they going to drill down into the bone? Do you know what? Um, it's not even a blood test when it was a mouth swab that they did for us for to tell mm. if you are a match. Really? So at least to become on the registry. Sure. And then maybe if they needed to go deeper, they could then it would be a blood test. But I remember now that getting onto the registry, it was just a mouth swab. What'd you find over there, Mr. Producer? Be the match. Be the match. Okay. So see, even finding out and getting on the list and stuff is easier than the COVID test. That <laughs> it is true. <laughs> took the swab to your brain. No, thank you. I've done that once. Won't do that again. I need as much gray matter as I can get. I don't need y'all sticking things up in it. <laughs> but again, we want to thank our audience for your support. Tom, you got anything you want to wrap it up with here? Um, again, I'd like to say thank you for you guys coming on today. It's thank great. You. Um, your foundation is amazing. And I'm sure the, the young adults that you guys give scholarships to, they really appreciate the help. That's for yeah. sure. Cause it's, I mean, you know, it's hard for young kids to, you know, go to college and make those payments and not be like Susan still paying off her degree. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's well, a payment every month, you know, big deal. <laughs> Um, and, you know, and a lot of times the kind of people who want to do this job truly don't have the resources right. exactly. for it. And so I think that's, uh, again, that's something that speaks highly of Jackson and his vision. Yeah. And, Joelle, we want to welcome you aboard again. No, you're not leaving here and never coming back. We have a tracker on your car. <laughs> and uh, we just know well, you. Well, now that lights are falling down, uh, <laughs> the hazardous environment. <laughs> He he wants, pay? Yeah, he wants hazard pay now. <laughs> Jessica, don't give me the idea. <laughs> but we know he's going to do great and wonderful things, do a lot of wonderful editing <laughs> that needs to be done sometimes. Um, but we're, we're happy to have you on board. And our phone number for any of you out there, again, under the shield, we are available 24-7, 365. We are not a referral source. You are going to get one of our stress coaches. Uh, is 855 889 Two three four eight. If you hit extension one, we will not even have your phone number. So should you get disconnected from us, please, please call us back because we have no way to reach you. Um, my cell number is 334-324-3570. And my cell phone number is 480-861-6574. And we are here for the families as well. That's a uh, Kind of a thankless job that I think a lot of times families don't have a clue, been there, done that, don't know who to reach out to, that's safe, that you're not going to jeopardize your law enforcement or fire or uh, military loved one's career. Uh, we never keep notes. We never keep records. We don't ask your name. You can be Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck. You know, it's amazing. I was kind of surprised it took a few years for somebody to actually give me my ex-husband's name. I'm like, sure, if you want to be him, may not play well in your favor in the future if I'm mad that day. Um, but you, you you don't have to give us any information uh, at all, but we are here to help. with. And there's nothing we don't deal with. This is a lifestyle. It's 24-7. Forget what they taught you in the academy. Keep personal and professional separate. Because um, that doesn't work. That doesn't no. work. And you know, then we have to scratch our heads going, how come we got divorce right. rates like we do? Hmm. Can't imagine. 
Um, but there's nothing we don't deal with. So please reach out to us. And again, the numbers and stuff will be on there. And Joelle, we're going to ask you also to put our email addresses. Sometimes people feel more comfortable doing that. Uh, but you will get one of our stress coaches. You're not going to get voicemail, especially if you hit extension one. And the important thing is, is just to reach out. If you're struggling yes. or you think the thoughts that you're having don't make sense to you or you think that you're losing your mind, um, it's probably natural thoughts that a lot of other police officers across the country have experienced too. So yeah, this reach is, out. This is about mental wellness, not mental illness. Right. And um, we know we've got good people suffering and struggling because of lack of training at the front end of this thing. And, you know, we're taking good human beings and exposing them to some of society's worst stuff and then That's wondering sure. why they're struggling. Right. It's all normal. It's all natural. Let us help you work through it because we can do it pretty quickly. So, um, again, stay tuned for next week. Um, we probably have another mystery guest. I don't remember who's on our yeah, I don't remember calendar. Um, we're starting to. Maybe my wife should send me with cheat sheet notes. Probably probably a good <laughs> idea since she's our scheduling person. Uh, but please, uh, thank you. Oh, Joelle has a note over there. Yeah, it's uh, me, Susan. Uh, oh, that's oh, right. Oh, it is. Oh, that's, that's right. right. We're going to be talking about uh, life as the kid of a cop for part of it, and also about Joelle's father, who was a Chandler officer who died with COVID back in January of 21. And we're actually going to have Mr. Shirky on here today. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> there goes all your listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Now they're going to tune in just because he said that. All the other lights will fall. Oh, God. Tiles will be popping off the wall. <laughs> you better get a bigger room. <laughs> Another motor. You know, I'm just not going to be able to handle all these motor people in this room. We're going to have to have this place saged and exercised or something. Um, but thank you all out there for your sacrifices that you make. We understand that. We appreciate everything that you do and the families, the sacrifices that they make. So we'll be talking next week about how kids are impacted right. when their parents are in law enforcement. The uh, forgotten ones. The forgotten ones. Kids have, and dispatchers. Right. Yes. So stay tuned for that next week because that will be a, a, a very interesting one and one we really haven't covered. Right. God bless you. God bless your families in this great nation that we live in. Please call us if we can help. Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Have a good week.